the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promises in John 10, 10. And today we continue in a series called Fear Not. Today, Sean focuses on your finances, and it's not about the money. It's about your provider. God has some promises for you, and do you know what those are? Well, reachingforreallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do so today. There's a place to give at reachingforreallife.org. The message today is called, Who's Gonna Pay These Bills? It's in the series called Fear Not. Pastor Sean starts off in Matthew chapter 6. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. We're going to continue this series that we've been in. Talking about fear not. Because fear is everywhere. Fear has been rampant. It's always been an issue. Always been a problem. Always something that I think we as people struggle with. But walking through this pandemic, walking through all of the things and everybody glued to the television all the time and some of the other issues that have come up, racial issues, cultural issues, media issues, and all with this pandemic as kind of the backdrop for all of it has just ramped up people's fears. And this morning, we want to talk about the economic ramifications of a pandemic because that's been a big deal. And this is one of the biggest fears that people wrestle with. This idea of, you know, the message this morning is called, who's going to pay these bills, right? Who's going to pay these bills? Somebody's got to pay the bills. And that's one of the things that I think the fear of not having enough is a fear that we really wrestle with uh, on a ongoing basis, most of us at one time or another or in one way or another have wrestled with or are wrestling with this fear. And then along comes a pandemic where the whole thing is shut down. You know, at first it was going to be 15 days. Then it was six weeks. And then for many people throughout the nation, they're still experiencing lockdown, which means your job was lost and you don't have a job. And you're like, yeah, but we got stimulus checks. It's only been a year, and there have been, you know, several thousand dollars sent out. And you realize, but what about the rest? What about people who, what about people who weren't able to continue doing their work from home remotely? And they're they are dependent on actually going to work. Or a business that was shuttered because that business is going out of, it, they had to shut down. You know, we have people in our congregation who've lost jobs, who've lost businesses, We all know people who've lost jobs, lost businesses. And folks, we in Texas have been far more fortunate than some places as far as how that process has unfolded. There are are places where where we don't even know what the rebuilding is going to look like because they're not even there yet. 
And the economic ramifications are absolutely huge. We saw that early on. We have a ministry called Real Life Christian Assistance. And we were feeding people every month, every week. And it was a neat ministry for people who were under-resourced and who didn't have enough food. Well, when the pandemic hit and the shutdown started, as that began to impact people's works and paycheck, the lines went from, you know, kind of reasonable lines to huge lines. And we weren't ministering to, you know, a couple hundred people a month. We were ministering to a couple thousand people a month or more. So we got to see firsthand, this is real. These are real families. This is impacting people. And then, of course, I don't know if any of you have seen this website. This is U.S. Debt Clock. Take take a look at this. USDebtClock.org. Have you seen this site? Anybody seen this before? I'm going to introduce you to my pain. Misery loves company. Well, here it is. Join me, won't you? This is a website. Right now, it's not moving. Whenever you go to the website, usdebtclock.org, online, it's constantly moving. And it's taking the latest information. There are algorithms, the latest information, the latest estimates of national debt, state debt, personal debt, and it is putting them on this. And so when you look at the live site, it's moving constantly. And, and oh, God, your stomach just, oh, U.S. national debt, as according to this site, and, you know, you look at different sites, and those estimates will be a little different, but they're all in the ballpark, and this one has been really accurate kind of for years, watching this thing, $28 trillion, the, the national debt. Good news, that's only $85,000 per person. But that's per person. So, like, my grandchildren, Judah and, and Ollie, they owe that. Per taxpayer, it's 224748 So that's a little more. If you look over, I, where, why don't I have a pointer? I should have a pointer. You know, real pastors have pointers, okay? Next service, by the way, first service, sorry, this is always the, you get ripped off, right? Second service is getting a pointer, okay? They're, they're going to have a pointer here. But I, I don't know if you can see, U.S., see the green one, the second box over, the, not the first one, but the second box over at the top, bottom line on the left, U.S. gross domestic product. That's like everything the whole U.S. produces. That's not the U.S. government revenue. That's everything, the whole U.S., all of the businesses, all of it. It's, it's $21 trillion. So we owe, the government owes more than the entire economy produces in a year. Oh, my stomach. Where's the tax revenue again? On here, you can see, I think the annual tax revenue is, is it up to $4 trillion now? Is that, is that the tax revenue? Am I right on that or no? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the ballpark, yeah, in, in the ballpark on that. But we owe $28 trillion. So, no, it's three-something. The, the annual tax revenue, I think, is three-something because we're not quite, our debt is not quite 10%, uh, 10 times our income, but it's getting close. And what that would be is like a, a, a family that makes 100000 a year having a million dollars in debt. That, that's the actual, that's the condition. Because you can't look at gross domestic product only. You've got to look at actual tax revenue. Because that's where that's got to be paid from. And so we make $3 trillion a year, and we owe close to $30 trillion. So it's almost 10 times what we make in a year. And so you're like, Sean, you are bringing me down, man. Can we sing another song? Pick up the guitar. You're way better at that. You're terrible at encouraging people. 
I'm sorry, my goal right now is not to encourage. My goal is to say, folks, I have grandchildren. I have children, I have grandchildren, and we, this is theirs now, right? We've given them this. And, and this is why it's like, you know, they say two things are inevitable, death and taxes, okay? This is, uh, this is just financial reality. And we all have experienced it at our house. It's like if you go and, sp- and have a lifestyle of spending more than you make, bad things happen. Well, our nation has gotten away with that for years because it's a nation and they get to make laws and print money and stuff. But eventually, that wiggle room is going to run out. And we're going to have to pay that bill. We're going to have to deal with that. Okay? It's just math. It's not going to go away. And so this pandemic, you have to understand, every time we go, oh, good, a new $3 trillion relief package, $3 trillion more. Put it on there. Oh, it's just a $3 trillion package. That's a year's tax revenue we just put on the debt. And it's, it's going on over and over and over again. And so what, what it does is it creates in us or people like me the sense of, man, we got to get a handle on this. We are out of control. And it creates, if I'm not careful, it can create a fear. Maybe you've experienced financial fear in your own personal finances your own personal situation. Maybe that's something you wrestle with all the time. What I want to say this morning is just the title of our series, Fear Not. Because the Bible has some really good news for those who struggle with this fear like these others. If you struggle with financial fear, there's some really good news. Now, we've, remember, we've looked at a few key principles on wrestling with fear. The beginning of my fearlessness is learning to trust his faithfulness. He is on the throne. He is good. And we trust him in that. Then we learned overcoming fear is not about altering the future. And that's where we try to do. We try to control and alter, but rather seeing it differently. And we talked about the two lenses. This is important because we're going to refer to that again this morning. The two lenses, remember, of fear, which is what a lot of people look at the world and the future and everything with. Or the lens of faith. There is a God. He is good. He is in control. He is my Savior. He cares about me. What lenses are you looking at your life in the future with. And then last week, you remember, we learned the antidote to the fear of man. We talked about fear of man. And we, man, that has been on overdrive this last year. Antidote to the fear of man is confidence in the sovereignty of God. God is for us. Who can be against us? What can man do to me? That's what the psalmist said. And so as we continue, we want to look at this idea of the fear of not having enough. Who's going to pay these bills? If you have your Bibles, we're going to go back to a scripture we looked at a few weeks ago, Matthew chapter 6. Why don't you flip over there? Matthew chapter 6. It's such a great passage. We're going to start a little earlier because Jesus really focuses in on money and on this idea. Matthew 6, I'm going to begin reading at verse 19. Here's what Jesus said. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. He'll either hate the one 
and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And then this is the part we read a couple weeks ago. Jesus goes on. He's taught you cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, about your body, what you'll put on. In, in other words, all these things we, we want money for, right? Money to buy food, clothes, the stuff we need. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable? Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious or by worrying, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Listen, oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, the unbelievers, seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Isn't that good to know? You don't need to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's already fretting about itself, okay? You can leave that in tomorrow's hands. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I don't know, that can be good news, that can be not so good news. In other words, you got enough trouble today. Jesus is saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Such a powerful incredible passage. Let me pray for us. Lord, I pray that we will hear what you have to say. And I pray this won't just be nice poetic language or interesting Bible study, but I pray that your spirit will really bring this home to us and that we will really wrestle with this. I pray that you'll shine the light on financial fear in our hearts, my heart, and that we'll listen. And then I pray that you'll show us the path obedience and give us the courage to walk in. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And this is where we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this message called, Who's Gonna Pay These Bills? It's in the series called Fear Not, which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And when you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azar. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast Podcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. 
Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Nazaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now back to the message, Who's Going to Pay These Bills? This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. So there's a bunch of big ideas in here, and I want to just highlight those big ideas before we move on, okay? The first big idea, do not lay up for yourself or store up, another translation says. Do not store up treasures here on earth, okay? Don't pile it up here. And, and right away, he loses a bunch of us. Like, that's what we do. That's my thing. That's my gig. I store up treasures. Now, I, I wouldn't call them treasures, but, you know, money, stuff, houses, cars, maybe a few weekend toys kind of things. That's what I do. That's what we do. That's, that's our thing. <clears throat> and Jesus says, Wait, yeah, don't do that. Don't store up treasures here on earth. He doesn't say don't have them, don't even enjoy them. He says don't store them up. Don't make this the point. Because he says, and he gives us a reason, because moths and rust, another translation says worms, and thieves will destroy them, steal them. They're not, they're not secure. They're not forever. <clears throat> he says, but rather lay up or store up treasure in heaven where moths, rust, and thieves will not destroy them. This is so counterculture. We could stop right here and just know, man, we're going to have to pray a lot. We're going to have to hold each other accountable. We're going to have to work. Because this, right there, Jesus gave us enough to chew on for like the next six months. And even then, we got to do a lot of heart surgery to get out of that habit. But what he's pointing out is there's a difference between what's temporary and what's eternal. All this stuff, it's not eternal. It's not lasting. The stuff that we, we're, we're dying for, we're killing ourselves for, we're, we're, we're sacrificing family, we're sacrificing our ethics for all these things, he says, yeah, those things aren't even going to be around. You know, you're not going to care about them 30 years from now, let alone, let alone 300 years from now. They're not eternal. They're temporal. Moths, rust, worms, thieves can take it. It's just stuff. Remember, he goes on and, and he kind of stu- ends that session with this, th- that section with this, ver- this idea. And this is such a big idea. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And that's, we're going to end up coming back to that. This is a key idea. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And I've told you before, we, if we just think, if we breeze by that, what we will hear is where your heart is, there your treasure will be. Because that's the way we always talk about it. If we just breeze through that, what we'll hear is where your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. So whatever you're putting your treasure in, that's kind of where your heart is. And it's a reflection of your heart. What Jesus is actually saying, and and I'm not saying that's not true. I'm just saying that's not the full extent of what he's saying. What he's saying is where your treasure is, there your heart will be. In other words, you can direct your heart. And that's one of the primary points of what we're going to talk about today. This, This clue Jesus gave to changing our hearts and directing our hearts. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And then he goes on and he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. Well, he's not talking about your, your cornea, right? He's talking about your focus and your vision. That's the lamp of your body, your focus. And he says, if it's dark, if the light, it's the light of your body, if it's dark, how dark is that? How horrible is that? He's saying your vision and your focus. And he's, remember, he's talking about money. He's talking about treasure. The eye is the lamp of the body, your vision and your focus. He goes on and says, you can't serve two masters. Love one, hate the other. Can't serve God and money. See, this is the idea of what you serve, what you give your life to. Those are all big ideas. 
and one of the main big ideas, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I want to highlight it again. The whole point of this passage of Jesus, he keeps saying, do not be anxious, do not worry, do not be afraid, because God is our provider. He says, your heavenly Father knows what you need. That's why we're talking about this passage. But one of the things Jesus points out here, and I think it's so important that we stop as we think about this fear of not having enough fear regarding finances, is how we view money as an all-encompassing thing. He said it's a matter of the heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. He said it's a matter of your eye, your vision, or your focus. It's a matter of your hands, what you serve, your heart, your passion, your vision, your eyes, your hands, what you serve, what you do with your life. And every one of us, especially as Americans, knows that this is exactly right. Anyone who's ever heard the phrase, the bottom line is the bottom line. Anyone who knows, you know, money talks. That's just our paradigm. And when we come in here, we sometimes say, well, it's just money. And what Jesus is saying is, no, it's not. It's not just money. And here's the thing. It's not just money because money is how we meet our needs. And that is deeply personal. That is a deeply personal thing. Money, you know, I've told you before when talking about money, nobody's really sitting and going, gee, I want pallets of cash in my, in my garage, you know. I mean, some of you are like, well, that wouldn't be bad. But what we really want is what it buys, right? We're not looking just for a bunch of money to go, oh, look, it's pretty. I can roll in it. We want what it buys. Because, see, money is how we meet our needs. And as such, it is deeply personal. It's what we lean on, what we depend on, how we shield ourselves from trouble, from fear, from opponents or, or adversaries. It's not just money. It's a big deal. What I want to suggest this morning, it's this idea of it's, it's a matter of the heart. And Jesus gave us a clue in, that, in verse 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Money is a deep matter of the heart, and we can actually change our heart. And I want to talk this morning about a, 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 a subject in Scripture that over and over again, it's, all, it's from the very beginning, it's over and over and over again. And, and we, I don't think we ever stop to say, well, why? What is this about? And it's this idea of tithes and offerings. And, and it's been a part of the scripture from the very beginning. Did you know in Genesis 4, remember Cain and Abel and their problems? Scripture says, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. You remember, this is where the problem started, because God accepted Abel's and not Cain's. And we're not even told why, but that's a whole other story. But the point is, what we should be saying is, Genesis 4, we never read anything. Somehow they knew there's this thing of bringing an offering of our work, of our produce, to God, the creator. Jesus says God is spirit. He does does he need it? Is God broke? They, you know, gonna need to help him out. He's got some kids to feed. Come on, you guys, bring, help a brother out. Come on. But it's all throughout Scripture, and it starts even in the early days of creation. Genesis 14, you remember this. Look at the Scripture. Remember, Abraham had gone and had, had freed his nephew Lot and defeated some enemies, and there was increase from it. We're told, Genesis 14, verse 18, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high, 
And he blessed him and he said, Blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a tenth or a tithe of everything. In Genesis 28, 22, Jacob pledged the tithe. God, if you'll be with me, I will tithe a tenth. That's what tithe means. Tithe means a tenth. Leviticus 27, Moses is putting down the law that God gave. Leviticus 27, 30, every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. A tenth of all the produce that you get. You're like, well, that's, uh, that's under the law. Well, obviously, Abraham's before the law. Matthew 23, 23, Jesus is talking, and he's, crit- he's critiquing, he's, he's giving a word of correction to the scribes and Pharisees. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. In other words, guys, you think you, because you tithe, you can, you can blow off these heart issues, and you can't. But Jesus clearly said, don't neglect the tithe, but you need to understand these other issues of the law, these weightier heart issues. What we learn is that this this pattern that started in, in the very inception of creation of giving to the Lord of our produce became known as the tithe. And the tithe literally means the setting aside of a tenth of one's income for the Lord and his purposes. It is a covenant of worship. It's a covenant of worship. And, and the way the tithe works, and we practice the tithe here at River City, it's how this ministry is funded. The way this tithe works is we give a tenth of what we earn to the ministry that God has called us to carry out to our community. And it is a covenant of worship because every payday, my obedience is telling the Lord, Lord, I trust you. You're where I go to meet my needs. I put you first. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series called Fear Not, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. 
Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.